favorite type of uh, TV show and movie that I like to watch. And I bet if you've ever been around me, you probably know what it is. My family probably knows what it is. What's my favorite type of TV show? Criminals. There we go. That's where we put it. I love crime and mystery shows. I love the shows where there is a case that has to be worked, where, where you're looking for the clues, where you're trying to find what it is uh, that, that has gone wrong. Uh, you know, I think come over, and that's bitten Shiloh a little bit as well, because I was watching something the other day, he walked in, he goes, dude, that dude, that guy is guilty, Dad. So I, I think he's figured that out. I love the gathering of the evidence and, and painting a picture. Sometimes... And you like even that's not difficult to figure things out. Um, when Asher walks in with chocolate on his mouth, I know where the M&Ms went. Uh, when Micah comes in crying, holding her head, and Shiloh answers the question with "What happened with I didn't do anything?" I kind of know exactly what direction to go in. Um, when Carrie gets in the car and finds a candy wrapper that she didn't eat, there are certain things that are pretty apparent. There are certain things we don't have to figure out. They're obvious. Things that, that give things away and, and would tell even the blindness of juries that, that you were guilty. We find the same thing in Christianity according to our text. We're still in our series here in 1 John, that thing you do, journeying through life with Jesus. And last week we talked about um, dealing with sin, what sin was like in our lives and, and, and being where we need to be and, and doing the things that, that we're called to do. And this week we're going to pick up again right where we left off last week in chapter 2, uh, starting there in verse 3. And we're only going to read uh, 3 through 6 this morning. And it says there, this is how we are sure that we have come to know him, by keeping his commands. The one who says, I have come to know him, yet doesn't keep his commands, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly in him the love of God is perfected. This is how we know we are in him. The one who says he remains in him should walk just as he walked. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you right now and we thank you, we praise you for your blessings. Father, we ask right now that you would take this time, Father, use it. For your glory. Father, use me as the best with the words that I speak be yours and yours alone. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We ask all these things in the name of Jesus. And all God's people said. Amen. Amen. One of the things about this text that has always stood out to me right from the beginning, because it's a question that people have struggled with and asked their entire life, for the entire history of Christianity. And the thing that really just from the very first line back to you in the face is that we can be sure of our salvation. There are whole denominations who aren't certain of their salvation. <laughs> they just kind of wonder, maybe I am saved and maybe I'm not. Maybe one day I'm going to get there and maybe I ain't. And they kind of live that way and live in that tension because they're not really certain. But John here tells us that we can be sure of our salvation. We don't have to walk through life wondering if we really know Jesus. We don't have to go, well... Today I think I know him and, you know, I'm not really sure. I remember as a child, you know, we didn't go to church as a family as a child. I was put on a bus and bused to church in a great big church. And I remember at night I knew about Jesus and I would lay in bed at night and just 
every night ask Jesus into my heart because I wasn't sure. Because I didn't know. Because I thought maybe I had missed it somewhere. And so I was going to make sure that I had done it the right way. Maybe I didn't ask with the right words last time, so I'm going to use these different words this time. Maybe I, I wasn't remorseful enough last time, so I'm going to cry this time. I used to lay in bed and try to figure out the best way to be sure that I was saved because I was never certain. But here, according to John, we can be certain of our salvation. This is how we can be sure that we have come to know Him. We have a way. There is a way to be certain of your salvation. And He says we are certain of our salvation by the way we live our life. That's not what I wanted to hear. I, I, wanted, I wanted God to give me a car that I did to find as Christian that I could put in my wallet. And so therefore it wouldn't matter what my life looked like because I, I know Jesus. But that's not what John says. He says if you want to be sure, you can be sure by the way that you live your life. Jesus put it this way over in Matthew. He said you will know them by their fruit. You will know them by their fruit. People will know that you're mine because you love each other. That's what we're told over and over again throughout Scripture is that if we do something, if we know Jesus, there will be a difference in our lives. A difference. Who we used to be won't be who we are. Now, for some of us, that's a little hazy because some of us were raised in the church. And so there wasn't a big difference with me before I knew Jesus and after I knew Jesus because I was going to church nine months before I was born. And so I've always been in church and so I always knew to be good. And so therefore, when I came to Jesus, I already knew how to beat the life because that's the life I was already leading. So what does that say to me? The, the truth is there's still a difference. There's a difference internally. There's a difference in who you are. There's a difference in what you feel. There's a difference in how you react. We know it says by keeping His commands. There will be a desire within our life to follow His commands. A desire to do the things that Jesus has called us to do. That desire will be there. It becomes harder and harder to, uh, to live in sinful choices if we're truly knowing God. Because the closer you get to God, the further you get away from sin. And sin becomes repugnant. And you don't want to be anywhere near it. And so, when that temptation begins, it's not, it's not as easy to entice you away because you have a desire to follow the commands. What does this mean? Well, it's not that everybody who lives a good moral life is saved. There are lots of people who live good lives, who do good things, who give lots of money to great charities, who do all these things, but they never know Jesus. The question deals with why you live your life the way you live it. Where does the desire come from? Why do we follow His commands? That's the question you have to ask yourself this morning. Why do I follow the tenets of Scripture? Why do I do these things? Do I do it simply out of fear? Because if I don't do all these things... The lightning's going to come down and strike me and, and I'm done. Is that why I do it? You know, following His conditions and His commands are not a condition of knowing God, but it's a sign of a relationship with Jesus. 
I know it sounds like semantics, doesn't it? I don't do the things I do in order to get into heaven. I do the things I do because I'm going to get into heaven. There's just a slight difference there. It's not big, but, but, it, but, but it's big on the theological scale. Because I'm not doing these things to earn my way there. You can't earn your way into heaven. I almost bought something on yesterday, but that's not what it was. It was a scale. I didn't know if it worked. I almost called her and asked her if it worked. But. Because we tend to think of heaven that way. Well, when I get there, there's going to be a scale. And God's going to put all my good stuff over here and all my bad stuff over here. As long as my good stuff outweighs my bad stuff, I'm getting in. That's not the way it works. We're not doing things to load stuff on the good side so we can get in. We do things because of the relationship that we have. It's like a child and a parent. Ch children usually do things purposefully until a certain age um, to please their parents. This morning, you're sitting there, we finished breakfast. And I was just sitting there watching something, and Carrie said, bring y'all's plates. Well, first we said, kids, go get ready. And then she said, bring y'all's plates. Well, the kids had already left. That left me and Asher. So I said, Asher, take this to Mom. And his face lit up. And he took off running to take that plate to Mama so she could wash it. As they get older, that doesn't happen as much. There's not the glow on their face. But that's who we're supposed to be. That's why we do the things that God has called us to do. Because we want to please our Father. We, we live out the commands of Jesus, not because it's going to get us into heaven, but because we're going to heaven. It's one of those things where, have you ever told your kids, okay, you know, at the end of this week, as long as everything, there's no bad things happening, we're going to, you pick their favorite place. You notice how they act all week long? They're great. Why? Because they want to please you because they know they're going where they want to go. It's the same thing with us. If we know we have a relationship with Jesus, we're going to want to live out our lives in a way that shows that we belong to Jesus. I want to please Jesus. Because Jesus has given me the greatest gift that I can ever have. We do things purposely to please Jesus. Because He's given us the way of salvation. He's given us the way to heaven. He's given us the way to be with Him for eternity. And that makes me want to do everything He wants me to do. That makes me want to jump up and down and say, okay, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? What river do you want me to cross? Who do you want me to talk to? Because I need to tell you about what Jesus is doing for me. But He goes on a little bit and He says, <laughs> the one who says I've come to know Him yet doesn't keep His commands is a liar and the truth is not in Him. The Bible says you cannot have salvation without the result of following His commands. You cannot be saved and not want to follow what Jesus tells you to do. John says that's impossible. He says if, if you say you follow Him, Yet you don't keep His commands, you're a liar. How? That's, that's not something we want to hear. We, we, don't want to, we don't want to be a liar. You know, you will seek to please the one you love. 
you're married, you seek to please the one you're married to. You, you, you seek to do things that make them happy. You, you seek to, to bring them to a place that they want to be. You, you do the things that, that will uplift them and make them the best person that they can be. Because you want to please them. That's, that's what you want to do. How much you love someone is evident what you're willing to give up for. It's evident. You know, over in 1 Kings 3, you have one of Solomon's first major decisions after being granted wisdom from God. Remember the story? There are two women of ill repute who both have babies or live in the same place. In the middle of the night, one rolls over and smothers her baby and it dies. So quickly before the other woman gets up, she takes her baby and she swaps it with the other woman's baby. So when the other woman wakes up, she thinks her baby's dead. But she knows that this isn't her baby. This is the other woman's baby. And they go before Solomon and they begin to argue over whose baby it is. Well, no, that's my baby. No, that's my baby. It's my baby. It's my baby. And Solomon goes, fine. Bring me a sword. What? Bring me a sword and cut the baby in half and give one half to her and one half to her. And the mama of that baby said, no, give the baby to her. She loved the baby so much that she wanted to give up her attachment to that child in order to keep that child safe. That's what love is. And when we begin to follow Jesus, when we begin to have that relationship with Him, our love for God will be defined by what we're willing to give up and do for Him. And He may come with some hard stuff sometimes. I want you to give up this desire of yours. Because you think it's great, but it's not. You, you think it's honoring me, but it's not. I want you to give that up. I want you to give up that TV show. I want you to give up that music. I want you to give up this issue in your life that you don't want to get. I want you to give up control. Oh, that's hard. Sometimes, sometimes he says that. Give up control. You can't control the situation. I remember going to a discipleship seminar six hours away from home. And Shiloh was about one, maybe one. He was big enough to toddle around. And one of the church members had given Carrie this nice ceramic set of measuring cups. A side note, please don't give us breakable things. Um, um, <laughs> the one-year-old had gone into the kitchen and grabbed the ceramic measuring cup and dropped it on the ground and picked up the piece and sliced it with his hand. I'm on my way back. I'm still an hour and a half from home, and I get a text, not from my wife, not from anybody else, but from the youth minister who tells me that Carrie and Shiloh have gone to the ER because Shiloh had cut his hand off. I, I, I had no control. I wanted to have control. My first reaction was to take this foot and push it down a little bit harder. But I had to stop because I felt the Spirit say, it's time to give up control. I know what I'm doing. You may think you know what's right, Troy, but I know what I'm doing. Give it to me and I'll take care of it. 
Will you do that for me? Will you give that up for me? <laughs> it's hard to do sometimes. It's hard to give up control when we think we know what's best. I mean, when we came here, Shallow didn't want it. That's all I needed to hear. <laughs> nope. When Shallow said, I hope they vote no that night before, I was like, okay, it's done. We're not going there. We're going home tomorrow. I'm fine with that. Let's just live our lives and be good. But again, God said, I know what I'm doing. Give me control. We have to be people who give up the things that God has called us to give up. And sometimes that's our dreams, that's our desires, that's our wants, that's the control of a situation, that may be physical things. He may say, give up this, this TV, give up these clothes. I don't know what he's saying to give up, but he does those things. And our love for Jesus will be defined by what we're willing to do or give up. Or maybe it's just knock on that door. Tell somebody about me. Give them something. Cook them a meal. Do something. Maybe he's calling you to do something that's out of your comfort zone. And we have to be willing to do that. Because God's love is perfected by keeping his commands. It is God who is perfecting the love. It says, whoever keeps his word truly in him, the love of God is perfected. It's being perfected is the Greek there. Being perfected. Not by me. I'm not perfecting God's love. But through me being obedient to Him, God is perfecting His love within me. Philippians 1.6 says, What I am sure of this, that He who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. <laughs> the more you submit to His work and follow His commands, the easier it is to follow The first time God asks you to do something, it's hard to say yes. The next time, it's not as hard. And the more you say, okay, God, I'm going to do this, the easier it is. And it becomes a habit to do. The first time you set your alarm for 30 minutes earlier than you're used to getting up, so that you can get up and read your Bible and talk to God, it's hard. You're going to sit there and you're going to pull out your Bible and you're going to go. And you're going to fall asleep and you're going to wake yourself up and you're going to do it over and over and over. You'll probably read the same three verses 15 times. And you'll understand half of it. Because it was something you weren't used to doing. But the next day, it's a little bit easier. A weekend, and you know what? This isn't too hard. You've got a rhythm going. Your coffee's here. Your Bible's here. You're reading, you're praising, and you're understanding because God is faithful in perfecting His love. Practice makes perfect. It's what God does in our lives. And as we do the things that God has called us to do, as we walk like Jesus walked, He's perfecting that within us. And so it's not hard to say, hey, let me do that for you. Let me help you with that. It's not hard to want to get up in the middle of the night to help somebody to do something. It's not hard when they, when they call you and say, can we talk? Sure, let's talk. It's not hard to be there. It's not hard to do that when we learn to follow Jesus. 
You know, the third mark of an authentic Christian life is a life that looks more like Jesus every day. That's what we're called to. We're called to look more and more like Jesus. We resemble family. We resemble family sometimes that we're not even around. There are times I have them. There are times when Michael will say or do something and she's just like her Aunt Kim in that minute. And we hadn't seen her in three years. But she's just like her. She resembles her. She acts like her. She talks like her. And I'm like, I'm seeing Aunt Kim all over that room. We resemble family. We resemble those that we have that relationship with. And that's who God wants us to be. He wants us to be the people who are His. We're called to be children of God. And so we are supposed to look more and more like Jesus every day. Keeping His commands isn't about following a list of rules. It's about walking as Jesus walked. It's about doing the things that Jesus did. We don't keep commands because we're following rules. Because so many of us look at this and go, oh, it's just a big book of don'ts. Right? Do not steal. Do not covet. Don't do, don't. But, but if we spend our time focusing on the do's, we would never get around to the don'ts. We're just called to do the things that God has called us to do. Notice the command here isn't a negative command. He doesn't say, don't do this. He says, follow His commands. Keep His commands. He doesn't say, go through and find the don'ts. It says, do the things He's called you to do. What has He called you to do? That's really, the, that's really the, the key here. If you go through the Bible and you think His commands are all about the don'ts, you miss the point. His commands aren't the don'ts. His commands are the do's. What has He called you to do? If you're doing the things He's called you to do, you won't do the things He doesn't want you to do. If I'm loving my neighbor as myself, I'm not going to steal from them. I'm not going to murder them. I'm not going to covet their things. I'm not going to do any, all the don'ts take care of themselves. If we focus on the do's, we're called to keep His commands. Romans 8.29 says, For those He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, so that He would be the firstborn among many brothers. We are called to look like Jesus. To walk like Jesus. To act like Jesus. To be the embodiment of Jesus. Does that mean we're not going to do certain things? Yes. But we don't do those things not because we're not supposed to do them, but because we're trying so hard to do the things He's called us to do. Don't focus on the don'ts. The don'ts are there, but if you focus on the do's, the don'ts take care of themselves. Maybe this morning, maybe you have been just struggling with this rules. There's, there's these lists. I can't do this and I can't do that. Well, that's not what God called you to be. He didn't call you to be legalist and fall into legalism. He called you to follow His commands and do the things He's called you to do. Love God with everything you have. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. All those are positive do statements. If you do those things, if you just focus on those four things, you won't do any of the things He says don't do. Four rules. Four things. Maybe that's the day. Maybe you're going, okay, that's it. 
I'm going to quit focusing on the don'ts and I'm going to focus on the do's and I'm going to try to walk like Jesus because I want to be with Jesus. Maybe this morning you want to pray. The altar's open. I'll pray with you. Maybe you want to serve the missions or ministry. Maybe you want to join this church in membership. Maybe this morning you've never known Jesus as your Savior. Maybe you've never known the one who can bring you into heaven, to bring you into eternity. And so all you've been doing is following rules. And now you want to have a reason why you were walking the way you're supposed to walk. And you want to feel that freedom. You want to be free. Just walk down the aisles of Brother Troy. I want to know Jesus. And we'll go from there. Wherever you're at, whatever you need, give it to Him. Let's pray. Father God, we come to You right now and we thank You. We praise You for Your blessings.